Mini-episode 1432 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at Sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late-night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. In terms of uh, thoughts for uh, the next 15 years, the roadmap ahead here, I hope to turn my attention here to uh, Ronnie G. Swivel around and see uh, when you're looking at the next 15 runs, uh, good, bad, or otherwise. Well, what are you seeing in the areas that the most grab you? Well, when you said we were going to do this, I kind of was, you know, there, there's so many lanes that you could go down. I just kind of started to do what I do at work when I have to come up with something new is I just kind of brainstorm and just write down ideas. They may be stupid, they may be whatever, but they can create something else. Um, here are just some of the things I wrote down on my list, and I figured this was the way to go. Um, one of them, and I think in over everything that everyone has said, is money still continues to rule all. Everything is based on the dollar or whatever you want to do, the Bitcoin, the euro, the whatever. But everything mm-hmm. is ruled by the dollar, whether it's the education system, whether it's the politics, whether it's the lobbyists, whether it's the car companies, whether it's the whatever. It's all ruled by the dollar, so always follow the money. Um, I think there's going to be some challenges here very soon going through courts and going through things for what people use as freedom of speech. Um, It scares me that I see so many people who make one mistake, uh, whether it's spoken, written, or just something they do, and they're wearing the scarlet letter for the rest of their lives. Uh, that you can never screw up. Um, the, the perfect example is the guy, I think he was calling the Washington Wizards game the other day. Right. And mistook Kevin Porter Jr.'s father, Kevin, for another Kevin and said something about, you know, well, he really, you know, it was a, it was a gun reference and Kevin Porter Jr.'s father, um, actually was, had manslaughter or something. Um, Right. And there are people calling for him to be fired and whatever else. And it's like, you know, you can't make a mistake anymore. You cannot, uh, you cannot screw up and you can't atone for it because we're going to banish you forever and fire you from your job. And that, that part kind of scares me. And one of those is free speech in that you get to say something. I always looked at it as free speech. You can say whatever you want. I just don't have to give you the platform to do it. Well, now that might get challenged, and I think it might be a, all the way to a Supreme Court kind of thing. Um, if I go down my list, I think Social Security is going to die in the next 15 to 20 years, which scares me because I'll be retiring in the next 15 or 20 years. Um, if everybody's going to live forever or everyone's going to be around a lot longer than they used to be, that money's going to dry up very quickly, and nobody panics more when they start to mess with Social Security money than people who are getting those checks. I think the work ethic is slowly dying 
And I think COVID has just really brought that out that people are now signing petitions that they want $2,000 a month uh, from the government in order to live. Um, you know, I can see just the other night I was at a dinner with someone and we closed down the bar on a Thursday night at nine o'clock. I haven't closed wow. down a bar on Thursday night since I was 17. It's like, come on. And that, that we were actually being told that we're closing at nine o'clock on a Thursday because they don't have enough staff and whatever else was just amazing to me. Um, and I just, and like I said, I'll run down the list. I'm sure you guys will have lots of comments on it. If we've been proven anything in the last 20 years, there, new, there are new ways to fight your enemy from our enemies outside of America. And it has nothing to do with firing a gun. Tell me anything that's been more destructive in the last 20 years than 9-11 and COVID. And neither one of those things really had to do with a war. Yes, they had right. terror and whatever else. But you see what I mean? Economic impact, the way it's changed your life, the way you rethink everything. Um, you know, anybody who's going to be after the United States doesn't need to have tanks and bombs and whatever else. They can come up with it very easily doing other things. Um, we talked about the president. I, I don't know that if you ask the young kid anymore who's 10 years old, do you want to be a movie star or do you want to be a president? I can't imagine any of them picking a president. I just don't no. see it. And, and the way that that job is scrutinized is it destroys your life in effect. Um, I don't know why anybody really wants to be that anymore. Um, or there's going to be a lot of people who don't want to be that anymore. Um, and finally, the, the one that I come up with um, is this. So there is so much. Everybody wants to be included. Everybody wants to, you know, let's have a great melting pot. And that would be great. Except that they're all dividing them every single time they want to include. We can't have a this particular month. It has to be to this group, that group, and that group. And what we're doing is putting up more walls instead of bringing people together. I don't, I'm sure there's people who realize it, but every time you want to include, you're putting up the same walls. You're just putting them in a different place. So those are the things that I kind of came up with off my list. Very good points, man, and very much along the lines of what I would have uh, kind of expected. Because I said before, you know, that like, you know, and this is basically true that, I mean, you, you, you are you are generally, and part of it is, I think, when you look around, you know, the, the circle of lunatics that you surround yourself with, with all of us, but, you know, you are always like the same guy in, your, in, the, in the room rolling his eyes at the other stuff, and that's kind of what you were going with there on those kinds of things. Those are all very, very valid points about the things that are dragging the society down. Well, I kind of consider myself, if, if I'm not red and I'm not blue, I'm somewhere purple in the middle mixing the two colors together. There are sometimes I think one side is an idiot. There are sometimes I think the other sides are idiots. Um, and it allows me, I hope, to be able to think for myself. But, I mean, you guys were right that everything has become, whether you're this color or that color, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's the, the you know, the sports team I root for, the, the you know, somebody was trying to politicize the death of Betty White the other day. Uh, you know, whether she got she died because she got inoculated or what I mean, it was like, come on, somewhere this has got to stop. But I don't know. I don't see any time in, in the future soon where it is. Well, and everything's really been kind of turned on its ear. This is one of these things where I can't tell you 
how many people over a period of time, and, and again, I'm somebody that, uh, as, as uh, Johnny and Ronnie would uh, remember, uh, the same guy that had a fantasy football team back in the day called the Right Wing Gun Nuts, okay? And so there's so many people that are like, oh my God, oh, you changed up. Like, I'm the same guy I always was, but the rest of the world has gotten significantly crazier and less mature around me. Like, just because I believe it's a real pandemic, I believe that, uh, you know, anti-vaxxers are, are, are nuts and uh, these things that, like, everybody should believe, right? Uh, but it becomes a thing of like, oh, you've really changed. I haven't changed, man. Society has evolved. Like, you know, if I'm looking like a clear-eyed, mature, well-reasoned individual, uh, then that's a definite indictment of society. That's not me having, you know, progressed any. That's society flipping around me. So, on that, uh, on that very wonderful note, uh, I, I want to make the tag here over to uh, Chris here and uh, get your thoughts for uh, for what lies ahead over the next 15 years. And uh, again, I know this is going to be very interesting as always. Uh, you were the one on the show back in 2012 with uh, me and a similarly flabbergasted Nate Noy that was first talking about 3D printing. And there's any number of times uh, subsequently where you've brought up things. You, you mentioned again to me the other day, you were talking about the mirror world back before anybody was, now it's the metaverse, all these kind of things. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward with bated breath to, uh, to what comes here, Chris, because you've done this many times before. Well, I don't, um, it's, it's always hard to, 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 to land on a specific like 3D printing or metaverse. So that's, I, I don't know that I can promise uh, the delivery of, some, of something like that. Okay. Um, but I, I, you know, I think, again, looking forward, I think we're looking at a litany of things. I mean, we started the show talking about some of the medical advances that we're going to see. Uh, I think that's, that stuff is going to accelerate the general sense. I also think we're going to see, um, in terms of currencies, um, you know, nation states are going to have to consider, um, you know, changing their currency. I mean, look, blockchain is a real thing. Um, you know, some of these currencies that are out there like Dogecoin and Bitcoin, they're a bit gambles and they're, they're kind of nonsense, but um, if you put the power of a nation state behind a Bitcoin, you know, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, you know, America coin, then you, you may be onto something new. And I think that at some point soon, nations themselves are going to have to start analyzing the need as it relates to currency and how that currency may change. There's just probably no way around it because people, by their use of this technology of things like Bitcoin, are, are telling you and showing you that, you know, you're creating a different currency market, whether you like it or not. And, and somebody, I had this whole argument uh, recently with a guy, actually, the guy that put me in my floor here, um, he, he listens to a lot of podcasts, I think, and stuff like that, but he's telling me that, you know, that I'm wrong, that Bitcoin is a real thing. And, and I told him, I said, it's not a real thing until you are wanting to get out of dollars and into Bitcoin. Because what does everybody do that makes money in Bitcoin? What do they do with it? They transfer back dollars. into dollars, right? We, we track Bitcoin not based on itself, but on how much it's worth in dollars. Did you uh, pay him in Bitcoin, Chris? The what? Did, did you pay him in Bitcoin? <laughs> I, I mean, probably would have loved it. But yeah, you should have <laughs> paid him in Bitcoin. <laughs> Blockchain is real, but Bitcoin itself is is 
you know, another matter. It isn't, you know, our, our dollars are in theory based on the cumulative value of the American GDP, the taxes that government can raise, um, and all of that, when Bitcoin is based on nothing other than blockchain technology, making new ones. I said, so, you know, it's, I told him, I said, I, my opinion, those types of currencies are only real when you are actually looking to stay in it, you know? Um, you're not looking to cash out to quote unquote make money. Um, that, you don't make money, you know, that, that, that to me is the big difference. So I think that nation states are going to have to look at that type of technology. And, and it's interesting because what that does is all money is becoming less and less private, right? Um, you know, whether it's the zeros and ones of, of electronic banking now, um, or it's Bitcoin with its open source available to you, you, you know, you're, what's the, what's the anonymity that, that, that cash provides? So that's going to create some future problems for criminals and, you know, privacy issues, right? You know, I mean, you know, everyone can know how you got paid or what you got paid. Um, you know, the idea that, you know, buy something in cash and, and, and the government isn't aware of it um, is out the door. Uh, and, and so that's going to change, uh, you know, a lot of things. And, and even criminal activity will be oddly affected by it. And, and, and so I think, you know, that's, that's going to be a big change based on technology. I think there's going to be a lot of exciting stuff in terms of science. I mentioned the, the, the web telescope. We're, we're more and more going to get a better understanding of, of our universe, our universe. I actually think it is, we're probably about 15 years away from finally settling the, the, the debate on is there life elsewhere in the universe. I think we will finally discover life somewhere else. I'm not saying, you know, six foot tall humanoids. Um, but I think we will finally definitively be able to show that life is actually quite plentiful in the universe. Um, that actually, based on the size and vastness of the universe, that we, this whole thought that we have that we're alone or that there's, you know, is, is Earth the only place? We're soon going to realize, I think, that, that actually it's, it's, it's more common for life than not. Um, and we'll, we'll change some of our perspectives on that. Kids dying out in the background there, almost going. So, um, so I think you know structurally, there's a lot of there's a lot of big stuff like that. The last time we did one of these, I mentioned the mirror world, which you know name change. It's now they're now calling it the metaverse. You know, realize that's a real thing. Um, you know, people are going to start to live in it, work in it, and it's going to be a whole other economy within it. And you know, you, you're going to want to be buying stocks and and things like that based on based on where that's going in terms of its growth. Um, where are we going politically? I don't. That That's a mess. We're more divided than ever. I, I do think potentially long-term, as humans more and more migrate to cities and we are shrinking as an overall population on this planet, we may start shifting more towards back to the old model of city-states versus nation-states. And, and that may be a, that's certainly beyond a 15 um, but that's, that certainly feels like that's kind of where we're going, especially as the population shrinks. Um, you talked about climate change earlier, Rick. I, you know, it's, some of this is the, the two things that are going to, you know, eventually save our bacon on some of these fronts is obviously technology and the other is, of course, uh, 
you know, so our own ingenuity. And the other is... Right, like carbon right. scrubbers. Carbon scrubbers yeah. would be important. Well, well, I mean, just of all sorts of things. I mean, you know, it's not long before... I mean, eventually... I mean, and I've said this for a long time, but I think you're seeing it really coming into focus now, which is energy will be produced at the micro-local level. So every house will have solar panels to create electricity. Your, you know, high-rise buildings, eventually at some point, windows will become the solar panels. And as we get better with battery technology, the, the power, your power, you're going to generate most of your power at your home, at your office, where, you know, whatever. The, 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 the electric grid will be about backbone, right? Surge needs, those types of things. Um, that's where new, new nuclear technology, small micro, um, reactors, uh, like they just built one out in, I think, Montana or Wyoming, with all this new technology, they're, they're small, they're efficient, um, and they can produce a lot of electricity without any, without any real problems. You know, don't think of the old big like power plants like I got get down the street in Perry that were you know designed in the sixties and seventies. The new technologies out there on, on nuclear reactors is, is fascinating. I mean, you could almost put one in you know in, you know in every county. That's going to be the backbone in terms of power. But you're going to be looked upon to create your own power at your house. You know. So we have a lot of these changes. That those are things that are all going to affect the climate, and and and, and you know, and, and obviously then also just the shrinking population. If you're going from nine billion people, then 200 years from now you're going to be down to a billion. You know, what's the what's the environmental impact on eight billion less people? It's going to be significant. And so that's where I, you know, obviously guys like you and I differ with the the sky is falling uh, folks in that. They never, the, the, the Malthusian people never recognize the changes, um, that are positive in terms of, um, technology and whatnot. So, uh, I don't know, you know, I just, I think we are going into a tumultuous period in the next 15 years, politically, societally. Things are changing in how we work, how we entertain ourselves, how, what happens with money. You know, it's, we're, there's going to be a lot of change, and it's going to create struggles with humans trying to figure out how to navigate those changes. I wanted to actually point out something that I actually I said on Twitter back in, I want to say maybe 2017. I did predict that by 2025, Putin would use a battlefield tactical nuclear weapon in conflict with the West by 2025. I'm going to stick behind that. I'm, I'm, I, and I, I'll find you the tweet. I think it was about four years ago. I, mm -hmm. I, I'm going to stick with that. And, and I, and I think it's, I think it's more likely than not at this point that that will come to pass. Uh, and I'm not, you know, I'm not predicting wide scale nuclear conflict. A battlefield nuke is, you know, a containable, manageable thing, but it's going to be a dire change in terms of the geopolitical situation. I, I think we are, I think we're very close to that point, and and so I'm going to stick with that that prediction. So I've got I've got four more years to, to be right on that one, and I hope I'm not, but uh, I, I I fear that I that I may end up being right on. Um, you mentioned China Russia. I mean, a fool can see that China and Russia are going to take action together on Taiwan and Ukraine when they, if and when they find it. Um, and the resolve of, of the Europeans, the United States, will be tested like no, never before, and, and what we're going to do about it. And are we going to allow a new world order in terms of authoritarian regimes to now be the norm in this world? Um, or are we going to defend democracy as there, you know, 
and we have been the champions of democratic capitalism that has seen poverty in this world driven to, to the lowest levels in human history. People have never been so prosperous um, as they have been in the last 60 years under the American, or well, 70 years under the American model. Let's, let's just call it what it is, right? The Western European mm-hmm. American model has pro- provided unprecedented amounts of um, wealth, prosperity, education, and opportunity for the world. And that's primarily been driven by the United States of America. Um, the question is, are we going to retreat from that? Um, because this, what we've been doing the last 70 years, is not the norm of human history. The norm of human right. history is repression and authoritarianism. We have been lucky enough to live in a period that stands out from the rest of human history. And I think the next 15 years is going to be a big test of whether or not we're going to backslide to the norm or whether this period is going to take root enough to allow us as a species to move forward successfully. Uh, I, I think that's the big struggle of the next two decades is whether or not what the United States of America has started takes root everywhere and that progress that we've all enjoyed continues or whether we backslide that path. Well, that is a very interesting poo-poo platter uh, from you there, Chris. So, very well, you know, I like uh, to say, like, a little column A, a little column B. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, a lot of different uh, interesting and thought-provoking things here. So, uh, the, the final portion of the show here will be any reactions uh, that anybody has uh, to any of that. I, I didn't find really much to, uh, to disagree with based on my level of knowledge, but uh, any thoughts that anybody has on, on any of what we just heard? So I really want to say I agree with Ron when he says the almighty dollar is going to control mm-hmm. everything. It always has. It always will. And right. uh, if, if Chris ever decides to run for president, I think he might have my vote. There you go. <laughs> the candidate of the, of the dignitary. <laughs> by, the, uh, by the idea of uh, the self-sufficient uh, energy, creating your own energy uh, and and. and and it'll be interesting to see if people still stay that off the grid. Will they have the resources to, to, to maintain? Because I think there's always going to be a portion of people that want to say maybe avoid big cities. But I am, uh, that's going to be really interesting to see where that trends to. The, uh, your information about the nuclear small reactors is really fascinating too. Because I think that's a great source of power if you can find the safety behind it. Okay. My final thought, I guess you could say is I'm allowed to now. Um, yeah. You know what? It goes back to the almighty dollar thing that everybody was saying. And where I said, okay, somebody mentioned if they want it, they're going to get it. If the hacker wants to get the uh, electronic car, they're going to. If the hacker wants to get into your bank account, they're going to. Um, I had hoped to see in the next 15 years without having to pay for the protection of my own identity, that there's a way that it is protected from stuff like that. Because um, Hollywood isn't far off. If Hollywood can come up with it, right, right. why can't somebody else? I'll answer that. The, the solution to solving the identity theft problem is actually using the blockchain technology and making nothing about your identity private. That once it is secured through blockchain technology, whether it's property, um, records, your identity, the ability to secure it through blockchain and then have it out there 
takes away yeah. the ability of someone to steal something that is everyone has access to. Because everybody so, knows, and that's scary enough. Well, it's different, right? It doesn't change who you are, but if, if you blockchain technology, the equivalence of your social security number is available, free and knowledgeable and everything else, but because of blockchain, they can't use it, then it's secure. Yes, it's known. The only reason we have those privacy, like social security numbers and stuff, is because that that's the security up to this point, right? Keep it secret. Keep it safe. If it's right. secret, then it's safe. Well, one of you can make it just completely wide open and known, but it's still safe. So now you've eliminated, you know, the reason yes. these guys succeed is because they can't be the bank account, but they know your password. Well, if everybody knows your password, if you blockchain, only you're controlling it. Well, they, they can't, they can't do anything with it. So. I, I actually understand that, and that actually makes a lot of sense, because if somebody already knows it, then everybody's looking, knows that I only make $5 a week or whatever, that, you know, and they already know, so everybody's looking at Joe Schmo trying to steal it, they already know. It actually makes sense. I never thought of it like that. It does. It does. That's a good point. And I'm glad we got into blockchain at some point during this. That was a necessity uh, because of uh, how big it's going to get over the next 15 years. I want to ask you, Chris, in general, because this is a thing where I, I know that like you and I tend to look at things, sometimes at least in a different kind of a way. Like Again, I look at the future. I see exacerbation of negative trends. And again, I can be a, kind of a Debbie Downer about where I think things are going. You're somebody where I think, because of your interest in technology and in innovation and everything like that, I think it tends to make you more of an optimist. Every, I, I follow the Human Progress account on Twitter, and really almost any time I see anything on there, I always think of you, because it's always the kind of stuff you're talking about. So it, it really seems like your knowledge and your immersion in this kind of stuff leads you to a more optimistic place. And since I really kind of trust uh, you know, what your perspective is on a lot of stuff, I would like to think that, that that, that leads you hopefully to be more right than I am when I tend to, as I say, be sometimes a, a bit of a Debbie Downer looking at the future. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I appreciate you referencing that, that Twitter track, Human, Human Progress. I'm a fan of that because it does, it is important to put things in perspective. You know, if we think about the course of human history today, everybody on this podcast is better off right now than Louis the Twelfth of France. Everyone, you may not live in Versailles, but your quality of life, the things at your fingertips, you're you know you can be a middle class dude in America. You're better off than the the, the, the king of France in 1700. Um, My smartphone's better. <laughs> that's just a fact, right? He he, he didn't have any plumbing except for when people in the winter wouldn't go outside, so they just pissed in the halls of Versailles. The place smelled like is some shit, right? Right. It, it wasn't heated. Uh-huh. It was ice cold. Um, you know, we're all here going. You know, we're talking through through cyberspace and with our smartphones and 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 our nice warm houses on a cold day. I, you know, and we're just average people. And 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 I think that that's. I try to put things in perspective. When you know, to your point, that humans have. We've had. To, it's not a straight line, right? We've had moments of. You know, we we screwed up and we 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 got to right the shit. You know, um, whether it's you know Black Death, we talk about a plague, we deal with COVID. You know, interestingly, people always talk about the Dark Ages. You know, the Dark Ages aren't named the Dark Ages because they were down and awful and everything sucked. 
there was a lot of progress in terms of technology and human learning. The Dark Ages are only called the Dark Ages because for one reason or another, we don't have a lot of documentation on it. So the Dark Ages refers to, historians refer to it because they just, they don't have a lot to look at. But the idea that people were miserable and dirty and everything was terrible is not true. Humans were still progressing up, but we just don't have a lot of source references. So we call it the Dark Ages. But people interpret that as like, oh, everything must have really sucked. The reality is the Dark Ages were better than 500 years before that. So, and, and I think we're better off now than we were 500 years ago, clearly. And so, and I and I just do believe in the trend lines. I think 500 years from now, it's going to be different. Human biology, the evolution of society, we won't recognize it. The same way if we pluck somebody from 1795 and stuck them in my kitchen right now with my microwave back here, the electricity, the internet, my Alexa playing music, they would be like, what the fuck is this place? Right? I mean, we're not going to recognize 500 years from now at all. The same way someone in 1700 wouldn't. I mean, think it, keep it in this, in this context. George Washington died, and then finally two years later, we discovered the first dinosaur bones. George Washington lived his whole life and died and never knew that there were things called dinosaurs. He didn't. Wow. He never existed at all. <laughs> right? And that's not that well, that's not that long ago if you think about it in the course of history. So I, I am an optimist long term. Does that mean that tomorrow we could nuke ourselves into oblivion and wipe it all out? Absolutely. We absolutely could. Because as a species we're quite capable of that level of stupidity. But we're also capable of, of absolute brilliance. The Webb telescope is on its way to R three outside the, the outside the sun. The spot of perfect balance and gravitational pull between the moon and the sun. This is what's going to keep it geostationary to do everything it needs to do. We have figured out this spot in space where to send this thing where the moon and the sun's gravity will be exactly equal and so that it can do all its work and, and, and report that back to us. That's a, that is a remarkable amount of math involved to get that done. Um, so yeah, I am an optimist. I think it'll, as long as we don't blow ourselves up, We'll be fine as a species. We will continue to progress. Things will get better. They'll be different. Um, human life will be more comfortable, more valuable. And, 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 and so from that standpoint, you know, we march forward. So, yes, you're right. I am an optimist. Well, that is a significant proviso. We don't blow ourselves up. But uh, other than that, yeah, I, a very, very nice, uh, neat uh, bow on things here. Anybody else got any uh, uh, final uh, closing thoughts here? All right. Well, I want to thank everyone uh, so much for their participation in this show here. Uh, as always, uh, an outstanding panel to mark an anniversary of the FDH Lounge, the show where nothing is off topic. So uh, for everyone who's been a part of this great discussion, uh, going in the order in which I introduced everyone, my fellow original FDH Lounge dignitary, Chris Galloway, other dignitaries, John Adams, Ron Glasnap, Matt Patrone, Anthony Patrone, each of you individually, I can't thank enough. And thank you out there, everyone in the audience, for checking us out for the FDH Lounge 15th Anniversary Show.